yeah, having my head shoved into the uh, steps of the Ulster Bank in Ranelagh, cold butt of a gun put into the back of your skull. That's a moment where you go, okay, yeah, I think this one's up. How does a high-flying academic become one of Ireland's most prolific bank robbers? What I would see is the most important part of this still lies open. I'm not here to hurt you. A brand new series from the award-winning team behind the Indo Daily. That November day, that's where it all, all begins. Out now, wherever you get your podcasts. On the latest episode of Real Health with me, Carl Henry, I'm delighted to be joined by Professor Anne-Marie O'Dwyer chatting all things the psychiatry of cancer. I want to say that it's very common to be very distressed, to have a very prominent psychological response to cancer, that they are not alone, that lots of other people feel in that way and that it's important for them to have information. Information is power, but it has to be the right information. As ever, we're available on all podcast platforms. Hello and welcome to the Left Wing Independent.ie's rugby podcast. I'm Will Slattery, delighted to be joined in studio for the first time in 2019 by, as always, Luke Fitzgerald, <laughs> celebrating 2019 right now. Hello. Uh, yeah, hello, Will. How are Happy you? Happy New Year. I miss my hello and welcome to the Left Wing. I, it's been missing from my life the last couple of weeks. Um, when I put on my radio voice. Your radio the one and voice. The only time yeah, I use it. It's good. A lot of energy there. Thank a lot of thank you. That's New Year energy there. Exactly, yeah. Um, big year, big did year. Did you get the goals down on paper yet? Or I you... did, yeah. 30 goals, the whole A4 sheet. 30 goals? Packed, you yeah, can't packed. have 30. That's, t- that's too many. <laughs> well, some of them are very small. like drink orange juice in the morning sometimes. Because, like, you know. That's bad for you. I don't think. Be- too much yeah. Is it? Well, okay, I might scratch that one off. 20, <laughs> scratch 29 <it>. goals then. <laughs> I might scratch that. Some of them, it goes from big goals to very, uh, really small ones like that, like orange juices and. You I know. saw something in Forbes today. I was thinking it was Forbes, was it? Or was it, it could have been Yeah, Harvard One of those investment magazines that I like to read. Oh, in my spare time. No, it was something like, it's on Twitter. It was like a headline. It was like, yeah. you should only ever have three goals. Three? Three, yeah. It's That's hard right. to go back. 90% too many then. So, yeah, what habits are you going to be changing? Oh, Jesus. Uh, Takes so, three weeks to break a habit, apparently, to build a new habit in. Um, a lot of them are just kind of the obvious ones, like, you know, eat better, you know. I'm, gonna, you know. I'm, I'm sensing these are quite... Um, I can see these ones aren't aren't going to last, Will. I'm going to be honest. <laughs> They're too yeah, vague. Yeah. Just the man who brings them back to the Clares in here and eats them. Uh, that was one time, Will, and I was hungry and I had a sugar <laughs> and deficit. Belt the entire time. <laughs> well, here, if I'm what you're, if I'm your target, you're in bad shape because I have a few myself. So okay, what are yours? Can't say them on air. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've I, I've uh, I've yet to write them down, Will. Okay. Yeah, I've been so kind of focusing on the exams. Has Enemy Nolde said you haven't committed to them yet? Non-committal. I'm going to pick a few that I'm yeah. definitely going to be able to Enemy Nolde will be proud of my 30 goals. <laughs> 30, no. 30 goals. And it'll be like, you have to have your long-term ones, your medium-term, and then your short-term well, sh- ones. Short-term is the orange juice, which is already, so I've already lost Scratch one goal. That. No, that's not about it. Get your vitamin C in, Will. Okay. I wouldn't go, I wouldn't want you to get scurvy or something like that. Scurvy? I don't live on a ship. Well, look, you never know. If you if you have a vitamin C deficit and you pick that out as an issue that you need to address uh, you could have you know, this be is careful the, this is the two careful year anniversary of this banter because we started working together for the first time on New Year's Day 2017 was it New Year's seriously yeah, yeah I don't know why we were working on New Year's Day yeah, it was like a live Facebook show Dave for Courtney like two, Dave yeah. Courtney cracking the whip cracking uh, the whip two years of left wing 
Luke and Will, the partnership. Madness. Absolute partnership. madness. Left wing craziness. Yeah, I remember, yeah. I remember it was a bit like a star is born. Like he <laughs> plucked me from relative obscurity and put me on a spin the spotlight. Exactly as you were saying about Takeen at the Christmas party in your banter. What have I done for your career? I was going to say, uh, we have Keen Tracy coming in, Irish <laughs> Independent, Ruby Carspond. Off air, I told Luke that at the Christmas party, I was like, mate, you should be so thankful for what we've done for your Somebody career. Somebody shouldn't drink at the Christmas parties, Gav, should they? It was at one point in, though. Smelly, smelly banter. Yeah, well, look, it's great to be back another year. I can't believe they've kept us on, but they yeah. have. Um, and actually, lots of people texting saying, what's going on with the show? All two of the tweets I received were very good. Was it only two tweets? Yeah, well, I only got two. You've already two got two. Well, it's more than one. So there was it's a few right. people. Yeah. <laughs> At least there's someone looking for us. Uh, yeah. Well, look, we seem to be going well. So, um, look, it's great to be back. Uh, lots, uh, you know, I think we're, we're, we're probably going to go through it when we get Keen in here. But... Um, lots to look forward to. Lots to look forward to. Yeah, very exciting year for for all the provinces. Everyone's you know firing in all cylinders. It looks like I think Ulster looked like they're improving a bit. Um, you know, which is good. They've steadied the ship there, um, which is good to see. Uh, Connacht going very well. Very unlucky in the RDS. I think they ran out of steam a little bit there. Uh, Leinster in a very strong position. Few bits to tidy up after Atoma Park, but I think that could that learn the learnings from that one could come at a perfect time for them. Uh, Munster, that's a good win for them against Leinster. Haven't won in a while, really against Len- you know against Leinster. So that's a good win for them, uh, and it'll give them confidence going into you know they have a tough one now up, up in the sports grounds. They need to back it up uh, this weekend. So everyone's in a good place, and then we've got the, that that cherry on top of the old uh, on top of, on top of the dessert. The, the World Cup. The World Cup. My quick fire prediction is another Six Nations win for Ireland. I'm writing mm-hmm. it down. Committing to it as enemy, not you'd say. Six okay. Nations win, World Cup final appearance. World Cup, oh, that's a big one. And I think I like that, that Leinster will retain the Champions Cup as well. There will be my three quick predictions for 20, 2019. I only wrote down. They're big predictions because, yeah. like, you know, if Leinster don't win against Toulouse, they mightn't. They- Conceivably, they could. I don't still get out. They'll be in a way. They'll be away in the quarters if they lost. Yeah, but then, but hang on, they've got wasps away. Wasps are out though. Wasps have nothing to play for. Ah, at home, I'm telling you, that's good. They, they, they have a tricky finish. Seriously, they, they have a tricky tr- finish. Trickier than Toulouse because Toulouse are at home to Bath, but like Wasps will be out, and I just like, like what what, the, what what the incentive do they have to really put up much of a fight? Like you know. Yeah. Uh, look, I, I I get you. I I, yeah. I see it. I just think at home teams, the amount of times someone's turned over someone and they haven't got anything no, to play to for because be f- they they play really loose. They play, and and Moss have lots of dangerous players. So look, I get the point, and yeah. I and I don't disagree with you no. actually. To be honest with you, I think they should qualify, but there's a bit of pressure on them. I no, think there is. It, yeah. I think it's really gearing up for I think a full strength Leinster and a full strength Saracens to do battle this year. Last year, I think Saracens when they played them, no, Saracens for Napolo makes a big yeah, difference. I think I think we're on course for those two. They're the two best teams over the last couple of seasons. I think we're. we're Kind of waiting for those two teams to really lock horns when they're both going you, at it. You don't see Toulouse because uh, I think no, they're, they're, they're going, going really well. But I think Leinster will beat them. That'll put them into the way half of the draw. I'd be tricky for them, I think, to get get. And I still think they're a bit away there. Are they definitely in the away half of the draw? Sorry, Will. I know you're yeah, so better if, at the competition. If, if Leinster beat Toulouse and top the group, Toulouse are a six to an eight seed. So, so you cannot if you're if you don't top your group, you have to go six to eight. Yes. Oh, fine. Yeah, okay, fine. It's, it's a one two. So I was, one but five. I was looking at the points. Sorry, the, the reason I'm making that because they're, they're on twenty one points, aren't yeah. they? And I was thinking, even if they lost, oh yeah, Leinster, even if they have more points, yeah, it doesn't matter. Oh, fine. Yeah, okay, yeah, so because yeah. that used to be the yeah. case. Wasn't Six, it? No, no, it no, was always the pool winners occupy the first however many spaces. First four. Yeah. Oh, okay. Or first sorry. six, because like, there used to be six pool winners. Like there's only five now. So the first so shows you I wasn't paying attention <laughs> yeah. in class. I was like, are <laughs> you playing these tournaments? <laughs> well, I'm, you're only ever worrying about what you're why playing. Are, why are we in eight seed? I don't understand. We have so many points. Yeah, exactly. But okay, well, look, that's yeah. So things are. That's an important one for Leinster. Then you know, you're obviously talking when you should have been listening when Joe Schmidt was explaining these permutations. 
focused on the next job, Will. I was focused. On, I wasn't thinking big picture. I was thinking about winning every game, getting every point from each one, and performing to my potential each week. I would let the rest worry. I let the, the points look after themselves. <laughs> well, speaking of 2019, delighted to welcome Irish Independent Rugby correspondent Keen Tracy into studio. Keen, happy New Year! Thanks for coming in. Cheers, lads. Many happy returns. Same to yourself and to you, Will. Thank yeah, you. Thank you very it. much. Go around and go the around table. the table, yeah, just to kick <laughs> things off. Uh, there's been so much rugby over the Christmas period to get our teeth to do, but just before we do that, Keen, just a quick look ahead to 2019. I know I'm in a very active rugby WhatsApp group, and the second the clock went to midnight, there's a flurry of messages about like what we're looking forward to, what we're predicting in 2019, because it does really feel like a landmark year for Irish rugby. I know, Luke, you obviously played. I'm not in a, a rugby WhatsApp group. Oh, really? Yeah. No. Every what WhatsApp I mean, group one, you're in is probably a rugby not. WhatsApp group. <laughs> uh, they no. remove you all. They? <laughs> oh, you're gone. Yeah, yeah. The group, well, you can. You couldn't have someone who's like in the media, I suppose, because they're... The crack in there, like you could, you could, you know, they could be said anything. Places, you know, I know what WhatsApp groups are like, lads. So. It feels like though this is a landmark year. I know it's a World Cup year, and we've had a load of them before. But with the expectations where Ireland are at, it's Joe Schmidt's last stand. It's probably Johnny Sexton's last World Cup. It does feel like this is a defining year for the sport in this country and for the legacies of a lot of really big names. Am I reading too much into it? Do you think should we just quit playing rugby if we don't win, Will? Or that's what I'm building up <laughs> to. Yeah. Like, am I making too big a deal of it? Is it am I, is, no, am I think, a bit too hyperbolic? No, I think it is. It is a big year, and I, I don't think there's any anything wrong with getting excited. I think if you just look back and what everything that was achieved over the last year. Every single rugby fan, I think people in the media, everyone has an entitlement, a sense of entitlement to feel excited. I think it, it's important to be realistic when it comes to that, particularly when it comes to the World Cup and you look at the potential quarter final that Ireland would have. And I, I think a lot of people keep forgetting that, that no matter who they play in the quarter final, it's going to be ridiculously tough. So this whole talk of, you know, it should be semi-final or nothing, which where they're coming from, it should be. But that quarter final is going to be the one sticking point. But... Yeah, I think we've every reason to feel excited. There's so much rugby to come. I mean, everyone is already talking about the World Cup, but you think like there's a whole Six Nations. The Champions Cup is really going to kick into gear, I think, from next week. You know, that's going to be great. The Pro 14 as well. And you'll have the warm-up games as well for the World Cup. And then, then you're into it. Like, so, yeah, I, I certainly can't wait to be covering it anyway. Well, yeah, you've obviously been in World Cup years before as a player. Does this feel different, even though you're not involved? But does this feel different? Does it feel more, there's more weight on the team to... to the expectation is there that, that we are ready to take a step and that at the end of 2019 when we look back on this year in 10 years time we'll always think that this was a seismic year for the sport in this country yeah well I think we'll go into it in their best ever position um, as Kane said now in saying that there's a huge amount of rugby to, to be played um, I think uh, the Six Nations, I think, will be extremely difficult, you know, and I think that'll be a pretty good litmus test. Um, it's not the be-all, end-all. I think most teams, if you look at most of the kind of successful teams, they've kind of led in with, with usually, you know, fairly strong, they've had a strong lead, and so I think that is important, but for me, at the end of the day, this will be the last little bit of learning, you know, the real bit of learning in really high-pressure environments, and it's important for them to do well on that, first of all. Um, I think Keane's right. I think there's like a load of Champions Cup rugby to be played. I think you know another key bit in Ireland is while the, the squad has gotten an awful lot deeper, um, we still need a few key guys to come through that having played good rugby and be fit. Like that's going to be important for Ireland. Uh, you know you need to see who's going to be because that can have a massive impact. Like we saw in the last World Cup. You know, in fairness, if any team loses, you know, top five of their top players. Um, that's gonna ha it'll have a massive like if New Zealand lost five of their top players, they wouldn't be the same force either. So. I think that was a bit of an anomaly and we're probably really harsh on, on that Argentina game given what happened previous to that. So um, to get back to the point, I think there's a lot of rugby to be played. I think it's important that we get guys fit. Like That's going to be a key part of it. And it will be good to come in having won another Six Nations. I think while, as you say, the expectations are really high um, and does that weigh on you, 
It can. I don't think it will. I think the team is very much focused, and Joe is really good at getting a team focused on, you know, delivering what on on on, on the plan, uh, and delivering on the plan each and every week. So I think he's got five more opportunities to do that in the Six Nations in high pressure environments, and I think that'll stand to the team. Um, I would like to see maybe a bit of variation in some of the games in terms of selection, even though it is important for the team to win. I think a few key positions are still like I think that that number two role. I thought Marmion was really good um, in, in that New Zealand. Actually, in fact, I thought he was outstanding. Um, I think Luke McGrath. I just I just like to see a bit of depth. Probably I'd like to see maybe a Ross Byrne or a Joey Carberry play that ten role. Uh, you know, in, in a high pressure environment as well in Six Nations. Um, and I think they'll get better. I think Joe will get better as well the longer the season he has. So we should have more depth naturally if those guys can stay fit. But that's a key part, stay fit. In terms of the World Cup, again, Keane's right. Like I think um, it's going to come to that that key game. Like It's all going to rest in one game. But they need to stay, they need to keep delivering on what they're delivering at the moment. And that is to be process focused, make a really good plan for the game or whoever they come up against. And then just try and deliver on that. They don't need to go, they don't need to be thinking about the other stuff, about how good they are, all that kind of stuff. They just need to be confident in the game plan and confident that they can deliver on it. And they need to have a lot of people who can do that. The more they, the more people who can deliver that for them on pressure environments, the better. Um, and I think it's right. Like, sure, everyone's going to be excited in the World Cup, but even when Ireland are playing badly, like, everyone's excited. Like, it's the it pinnacle of the game. every four years, so that's yeah, exactly I why. I think it's but fine. Th yeah. th those expectations, I think, are going to be really high within the group, despite mm. the fact that, like, Luke is definitely right, they will be sticking to the plan. But, I mean, it was funny after, before the Grand Slam, you'd asked them, or not even before the Grand Slam, but coming up to it, you know, are you thinking about the Grand Slam? You know you're going to get the stock answer, we're not thinking about it. But then, in the weeks after the Grand Slam, several players came out and admitted that, yeah, we had spoke about winning a Grand Slam before it, so... I think they've earned the right to be that confident and have those kind of expectations among themselves. But they're not going to say that publicly. But they'll be well, supreme. In confident. particular, if you look at the only other northern, the only northern hemisphere team that has won a World Cup, that England team. Like mm. this Ireland team has achieved a lot of similar stuff to what they mm. did in terms of beating all the southern hemisphere teams, yeah. beating some of them away, winning Test series away, winning Grand Slams. If they can back it up again with another Six Nations victory, they'd have a CV that only that England team could match in a northern hemisphere side. So. From that perspective, I guess. I think France had one. In, it was, did France have a good, was it 95? Did they come in with a... Possibly not. Sorry, yeah, no, you're yeah, right. I, I, get maybe the point. One or two I, I agree there. with the point. You but have to have a body of work. Yeah. There, there's there's yeah. so many similarities between that England team. And I think it's important probably to mention the IRFU's parent management programme. That's going to be absolutely huge coming up to the World Cup. And we'll see the benefit of, you know, the IRFU, the likes of calling Johnny Sexton off after an hour against Munster. You know, it's, it's really annoying at the time. But come a World Cup, that's when it's going to count. Well, speaking of Johnny Sexton going off in that match, we'll move on to the festive rugby, Luke. We'll start with Leinster Munster. It was the biggest game. I think we were all down in Tom Park as well, so we have a good idea what went on. What was the big takeaway for you? There was a lot of controversy over some of the first half cards. There was a bit of controversy over Johnny Sexton dealing with the referees. Overall, though, what, what was your takeaway, your, your chief takeaway? Uh, well, I thought the quality was poor. I thought both teams kind of... Like, you could see the intensity was there. Both teams wanted it, like, a huge... Like, you could see that. There was no lack of desire... People, I think people recognised there was probably a good opportunity to be putting a good foot forward for Six Nations. Um, and I think what, what stood to me, is I think it'll actually work in the grand scheme of things, it'll work really well for both teams. I think Munster really needed a confidence booster. They hadn't beaten Leinster in a while. Um, and they hadn't beaten a full Leinster team in a while. I know they were close in, in the RDS and they probably let a few chances slip there um, last year. But um, yeah, I, I think they needed to win badly. Uh, I didn't think Leinster needed it as much. It's like they're 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 very comfortable at the top of their conference, so it wasn't as 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 important for them. Um, and I think from a Leinster perspective, I think they learn an awful lot from 
I think just getting a bit overhyped. I could see, like, I, I was trying to put myself in the change room and I was thinking Keane Healy's a really popular guy. So that would have come up a lot. They were saying, I want to do this for him. Like, let's put in a big performance here. They were, obviously would have been saying, going down to Tone Park, we're not getting bullied here. That doesn't happen us here. That's just, we put down a marker early doors. Um, and I think they just overdid it. They got over, and, and, and they couldn't really, I, I didn't think they adapted well. They never really got control of their emotions throughout. So, even if you're a double double winning team, you got you got to back it up. It's really hard to back it up uh, the next season, um, because you've got a real target on your back, and Leinster do have a target on their back. So they need to learn, I suppose, will to possibly control themselves a little bit better. And when and you're that talking was talking about controlling yourselves. Mm. A lot of the focus has been on Johnny Sexton. He hadn't played in Tone Park, I think, until since 2012. It's a long time for him to not play in Tone Park. He was involved in an incident with uh, Finian Witcherly in like the opening minutes. Yeah. Could have been Simbin there. Uh, was he too overhyped? Was he was he in particular? A bit on the uh, the wrong side of the that kind of thing. Yeah, I'd I'd say he was. Yeah, like um, but I look. There was a few things like people were f- were were fairly critical, and I like I I thought as well. Like my my first takeaway is, he's a great player. He's probably had I don't know how many games he's had as captain. Probably eight or nine. So he's still learning that role, regardless of how experienced you are. He's still learning that role. Um, I I suppose I think there's for him. If I was looking at, it, I think he has to try and learn something from it. I think the first incident of the game. Like that's frustration built up over a long period of time. I think he overreacted. I actually thought that was definitely a yellow card. I know lots of people would disagree with me on that one, but I thought that would have actually got control of the game. I thought Frank made an error there. Um, and I thought it kind of that that spilled over for the next 30 minutes in the game. He only got control of the game then. Now, I think he did really well to get it back. Um, but I still think there was a few instances that he wasn't able to give yellow cards because he'd let a few away and that, whereas th- they definitely were. I thought the Scott Fardy Scott was... Scott Fardy was definitely It was yellow. definitely a yellow card. I know it looked worse probably in slow-mo. I thought the Conor Murray was definitely a yellow card. I thought the Keane Ely was actually... He got that one right. I just... I thought there was no malice in that one, but it was def- It was a yellow card. Um, I thought that he dealt with the Tyke Furlong one really well um, because it was a bad clash. Um, you know, obviously, when, when you see uh, Chris Cluter go off... Um, in bad shape, that never looks good. I thought the James Lowen was definitely a record, but I thought I had a different take on the Tyke for Tyke for a long one. I actually think that the yellow card was right, um, but I heard lots of people saying that was probably a red, and I said no, no. I did. I really believe that wasn't a yellow card. I think if you look at the incident and you look at where Tyke Furlong's coming in, he's he's coming in to clean in behind James Tracy because they're having a bit of trouble clearing uh, Clute. And you see James Tracy kind of fli- like flips him out to the kind of side. He kind of grabs him and kind of rolls him out because he, he's just trying to get him away from the ball for a second. So he just he kind of he twists him out to the side. I think as Ty Furlong arrives, that's what he sees. He's like, well, I've got to clean it. And I just think Clue is in a bad position. I think people were talking about it being a shoulder charge. You can clearly, <coughs> clearly see, if you look at the incident, he hits him in the chest. I'm not ex- like I I think it's a yellow card, but I just thought there was no malice in it. I really didn't think like people were saying, oh, their arm wasn't wasn't wrapped. It was like Johnny Sexton was literally right next to him. There's nowhere for him to wrap the arm. Like and he just hits him. And he just goes and he's just a huge man. So I thought he got that decision correct. Um, but I think if we come come back come back to the original point, I know we we're kind of I've just gone through all the instances. If you're asking me for it, that, that's my to to answer your question directly. The discipline was the was the thing that really struck me. I thought it was really poor on both sides. I thought the quality of rugby was poor. Um, and then once it went down to 14 men, like I think the game had a chance to be good, but once it was down to 14 men, it was never going to be a great game. So it was disappointing. I think if you're asking me about the Johnny Sexton thing, I thought it was a learning curve for him. You know, he's only probably had eight or nine games as captain of Leinster. Uh, I know he's captain here and there for Ireland, you know, when, when Rory Best goes off. But I think he's still learning the role. I think he probably could look at someone like maybe McCaw and see how he managed the referee because he was obviously brilliant at it. And Johnny's smart enough to do it. I know he's a, hot, a bit of a hothead at times, 
But that helps his game, uh, and it doesn't help his game in some parts. But it helps his game for the most part. I think if he looks at it, he needs to figure out, like, how can I manage myself better so I can get the best interactions with the referee? I thought he was probably there a little bit too much with Frank. I thought there's probably, like, someone like Leo Cullen actually could be a good guy to say, well, look, what do you think? Because you do want to challenge the referee at times, but you have to pick your spots. My sense from at the game was that I thought Frank was getting a little bit frustrated. I thought the, the interactions were going on a little bit too long and maybe a little bit too confrontational, but he can change that. It's, it's within his... That's a, you can definitely change it, regardless of if you're a player who likes to be physical and, and is aggressive. You can definitely change that. Yeah, can you observed Johnny as captain over the last be part of the season and in the summer in Australia as well. Like, What do you make of the way he deals with the referee? Do you think it is... As Brian Driscoll, I think, called it antagonistic. Is it overly antagonistic? I think it's borderline. I think he's probably the type of player that if, if he's your captain, you're going to run through brick wall and he'd be an unbelievable motivator. But he, I think he is earning a reputation now with referees. I thought it was interesting. It was one of those games where, like when you're typing live, you know, following a live match report, on the hour mark, I was still writing about the first half, like would barely be able to take my head up to see what was actually going on. So it was only kind of when I watched it back that, you know, we don't have ref mics for the Pro 14 either, so you can't hear what's being said. So I thought it was very interesting. I took it down, like that Johnny Sexton says to Frankie Murphy quite early during the game that you told me before the game that if I come over to you in a constructive way, I thought that was very interesting. So they had clearly had a chat before the game that Frank Murphy had said, OK, I will talk to you, no problem. There's but a key word in that sentence that I don't know if Johnny Sexton follows. <laughs> but, but that's what I mean. So he runs over and, like, He's kind of, well, I'm not saying shouting, but like raising his voice as, as when you're saying it. So when you're saying something like that, I think it's all about the tone and the manner of the way you're saying it. And I think, I think Luke's right. I think like Frank Murphy kind of gave an air of that he had things under control, but I'm not quite sure he did because if you go back to the incident with Finine Witcherly, um, Jack Honan flies in as well. Like mm. Finine Witcherly throws Sexton on the ground. Yet it was kind of le the Leinster side of things was the one where the talking where the talking came to rather than kind of calling CJ Stander and Sexton over and saying, you know, even if he's not going to yell card, I'm okay, I'm not standing for this anymore. I thought it kind of fed from there. Even like again, I was looking back a minute and fourteen, literally runs off the line and not tries to do the same thing to Sexton that he does almost thirty seconds later when he leaves the shoulder in on him. So clearly Munster had targeted that, and for a young guy. You know, if that's from a Munster point of view, Munster are thinking, this is great. This is exactly what we wanted because there's no doubt that in the second half, Johnny Sexton had a period of maybe 10, 15 minutes where just before he went off where he started getting control and he was starting to pull the strings. But before that, he didn't have anything like the sort of control he normally has. One thing I thought was interesting, I was reading your think your article on the Monday after the game and you mentioned that Johnny Sexton had an a feisty exchange in the post-match press conference with a journalist. Mm. Was it over how he was dealing with the referees? Yeah, like one of the journalists was sort of, you know, I, I think it was kind of the way the way you're asking questions and you have to allow for that he's just lost in Thomas Park and I don't think that that was kind of taken into account by the journalist in question. Um, yeah, and it was just kind of, you know, asking about the Joey Carberry incident. Um, I think there was another incident that I'm not even sure got picked up on, or even if it was anything with Joey Carberry at the side of a rock. Um, and it was just kind of the way he was asked and it was just kind of a one word answer and then subsequently he was asked about, you know, he was pointing at himself when he was taken off for Kieran Frawley and he was asked, were you injured because you had ice in your leg? And yeah, look, Johnny Johnny wasn't happy. Um, that was in kind of the, the broadcast section. So I'm sure, sure plenty of see, people have seen the video or heard the audio that's doing the rounds. But it's kind of like a lot of those things when the cameras get turned off, like the video cameras in... And, you know, Luke, you'll notice from your time as well. And it's just you're sitting around with dictaphones rather than videos. He warmed to the task, you know, and it was a very different kind of Johnny Sexton then. And he kept saying, 
a couple of times he said that like we need to figure out if we were too revved up and I think he knew that they were you know he was yeah. he was bringing that mm. up in his own volition he knew that they were too revved up for, for all the reasons yeah. Luke said so it, it was to get a balance with those things it, people, yeah exactly like, and it, everything's it, about balance it is a learning curve yeah. and I, I think like Johnny Sexton has admitted like in, in the last few months that he wanted to be Leinster captain he wanted to be Leinster captain a few years ago yeah. as well so he's earned the right to be Leinster captain it's how he goes about that now and manages it and I think He's surrounded, like you mentioned, Leo Cullen. Like that's that's a perfect guy to well, to be learning it, from. I it's think it's interesting though. Obviously, like it's it's one thing for fans to look at it and say, "Oh, Johnny was too revved up," or for people in the media to look at it and say, "Oh, Johnny was too revved up." But you have Brian O'Driscoll, you know, an all-time great Irish captain, coming out saying a similar thing. So it's not as if it's just a fully media-driven thing. Albeit Brian is now in the media. He's a former captain and a former player who who knows these situations quite well. I, I literally passed him in traffic today and I gave him a call. <laughs> uh, we had a good chat about it, actually. Um, I think he, I, I, th- I think maybe that word he possibly regrets saying. Um, well, sorry, I know he does. <laughs> um, but to, to, I, I think the point, though, that I think that, that he was, look, I can't speak for him. The point I, I assume he was trying to make as and as a great Irish captain um you know, is that, like, you need to figure out how to manage it. He mentioned Rory Best. I think he manages it pretty well as well. He's fairly calm with the referees. Um, and I said it earlier on, like, it's probably Johnny's eight or nine time captain in Leinster. Like, he, like, as you say, he's earned the right. And, you know, do you earn the right for it? I don't know. I think you probably, your peers select you because they think you're the right person to yeah. lead you forward. You're someone that they you can follow it. behind. You live the right lifestyle. Mm-hmm. You train hard. You're there every day. Uh, you know, you want it badly. You're good at communicating messages. Um and you're a leader amongst the group, which he is. So he is all those things. He just, I, I, like, if I'm looking at it, I, I'm less kind of dramatic about it, I think, than what's been um, maybe what's come across. I think it's, and it's difficult for everyone to be, to not be dramatic straight after the game. I get that because, you know, every, everyone's hyped up at the game. You know what I mean? Regardless of you're, if you're reporting on it or not, you know, you're you're probably up for one team or the other or you're excited after the game. So I think once everything's calmed down now, say he's the right person to leave the club for. I think he could have done a better job on the weekend. Um, and I think if he the, the key thing for him is I suppose is to be able to be if you're the best player in the world you've come you've learned lots you you know you've been able to deliver and change things in your game all the way up because he's changed a lot since he's he's played so he can be introspective and he can figure out what's important for him to be really good at I think this this is going to be one of those things I think he's going to say right what can I do better there and I think if he isn't doing that I'd say that's probably a mistake um, and I, I think he could do a few things better I think there was still a few things that I was a bit you know I, I thought he was probably right the Keith Earls thing he think he was probably right to question the referee on uh, I think there was an incident with Keith Earls and Scott Fardy there was a few little bits I think he was probably right to do it I think he probably needs to figure out the way in the which timing to, uh, there's a yeah. timing thing with like Leo Cullen was all he was my, my favourite captain I thought he was just he had a great aura mm. exuded calm all the time Um and he was brilliant at that. And he had a great feel for, I thought, when to approach the referee and when to not. I think Richie McCaw is brilliant at that as well. Um, so I think you just got to figure that out. you got to say, well, look, I'm pretty hyped up. And also I think, which which could be the harder thing for, for him, is that in the heat of battle, he's a guy that's revved up, you know? So he needs to figure out, okay, I can't come across to the referee that way. I need to come across as if I'm calm, as if I've actually, you know, I'm making a balanced point here. I'm saying, well, look, ref, look, I, this is where... There's a way of talking to the ref. And I think he could do it a little bit better. Uh, would be my view on it. <coughs> Never having been a captain, that's going to be difficult for. Like I, I'm, I'm not sure I'm perfectly positioned to do that. But I just know from observing some of the greats of the game, Brian O'Driscoll, uh, you know, you know, Paul O'Connell was great at it as well. Um, Leo Cullen was brilliant at it. I think he's right there, and you can say, to Leo, Leo, what do you think? Like, look, you can say you agree with me, and I'm, I'll keep going the way I'm going. Or if you think I need to change something, 
then that's that's fine too. I'll take that on board and I'll try and deliver on it because it is important to get that bit right. You, like you look at Richie McCaw for he's just a perfect example of this because two yellow cards in 140 was it 145 caps or something. Like he is close to 150. Wasn't yeah, it? maybe yeah, whatever it was. Like so, he managed it brilliantly. Mm. Um, and Kieran Reid manages it really well as well. I think there's times when you just got to say right, it's not going to win us at the moment. You know, I'm going to try and pick a spot here, shut but up, like I'm going to shut up yeah. for a second here as well. There's a few of those, there's times when you got to do that as well. So. I think he'll learn, he's learning the job. We have to just relax for a second here and say, I think they got it wrong on the weekend. They were a bit overhyped. I think they alluded to that. Leo alluded to it straight after he, you know, and, and so did Johnny in his interview as well. So I think they'll get it right. It's a good time to get the learnings. Uh, it's unfortunate now that James Lowe, though, is missing for this Toulouse game because I know Leinster are really, really targeting that one. It's, it's an obvious thing to say, but I was talking to the video analysis before the game, Emma Farrell, and he was saying... Um, they're really they're they're buzzing for that one. Like they really and, and, and they're worried about as well, it because Toulouse have been playing. Oh, they're really. The I think they're worried about that one. They're really worried about that one. Um, and with good cause, as you say, they're playing really well. So it's a good time to get a bit of a jolt because I think Connacht they got away with one the week before against Connacht. Um, and you're kind of saying, oh, maybe we're, maybe we're just always going to win. You you aren't always going to win. It's not always going to work out in your favour. Um, and they figured that out now, so they need to, to figure out how to keep delivering their potential every week. Just, just to quickly pick up on one of the earlier points you made, sorry, I meant to say, just a tight furlong yellow card. At the time, I, I thought I was on, like, I agreed with mm. you. I thought the picture quickly changed when you know James Tracy gets a clear. Mm. But again, watching it back, like the more I see it, like I think that is a red card. Did I, you watch it in slow mo back? No, I, like, I watched the full game, so we saw the, all the replays. Like, and I but just, the replays, though, did you like? Yeah, yeah, I watched replays. But his replays were in slow motion. You yeah, know? but but you can watch in normal time as well. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. I just think like mm. if you're going into contact with a guy and just with there's so but much. Hit him in the chest, you know, it's a hundred percent. He hit him in the chest. Didn't it's, hit him with the shoulder. It's it's high enough. With chest, it, like I because we we look back and I was like because I looked back at it about I'm gonna say four or five times. I'm saying, well, he hit him in the chest. It wasn't like. It wasn't like he launched himself like a missile. It wasn't like downward. It wasn't downward. It wasn't. It wasn't like a. He didn't do this one. He did this one straight through. It was my view on it. Yeah. But again, I get I, the point. I didn't. I didn't think there was any intent. But I just think that there's so much protection around world rugby in that yeah. sort of area at the moment that I thought, looking back, because I wrote in my report that I thought it probably was a yellow. But having looked back, and I thought it was probably a red. Really? Oh, fair I enough. Did. Yeah, yeah. And then moving on to some more rugby matters. Where do you think Munster are now after that? They, as Luke mentioned earlier, they really did need to win that game both to beat Leinster and just after a couple of performances that weren't great against Castle and a few others and then they go into Connacht away and then Gloucester away two tricky fixtures and they finish with Exeter at home so a fairly brutal schedule coming up as well rugby wise where are they are they in a good place yeah well I was trying, trying to figure this out for a piece in tomorrow's paper but um I think the Leinster it was just so important that they won I think because they'd been beaten the last four in a row that you know at the time again you're thinking they could be showing a little bit more ambition because it really didn't for a lot of the time didn't look like Munster were playing with an extra man actually at times it looked like Leinster had an extra man which is not great from an attacking point of view I thought they could have exploited looked to exploit Leinster which is obviously easier said than done even with a man more but um, yeah look we haven't seen Munster I don't think from an attacking entity at all you, you know you're looking back at it again you look at the line break that Keith Earls gets like that ball wasn't even supposed to go to him it was supposed to go to Joey Carby and it kind of falls into his hands and I thought that kind of summed up where Munster's attack is at the moment it's just not quite clicking I think Conor Murray and Joey Carby are still getting to know each other Joey Carby is still feeling his way in I think Chris Farrell is such a massive loss we've, loss, we've mentioned him so much yeah, I think yeah. like he, Munster are hoping that he'll feature against Connacht like, but I still think it's a lot of pressure to put on a guy who's 
clearly had a horrendous time with injuries in the last while. But we saw in that Edinburgh game, which was the closest that Munster have had to name in their full backline, because I was looking back and Van Graan hasn't named Munster's first choice backline yet this season. And now we're in a new calendar year. That's crazy. 16 games. Like, it's, it's quite a lot. But yeah, I think they're at the stage now where it'll probably be a mixed team again for Connacht. But you'd be hoping if Farrell does feature and he comes through and no one else gets injured that the Gloucester game, like you mentioned next week, which is absolutely huge, Friday night, that that'll be the first time they'll have, you know, the full guns. And I think that's when it's starting to time to judge them. I think as a whole, it's difficult still to know. I thought, like, Ty Byrne, I thought was outstanding again. Um, I thought Dave Kilcoyne was good. I thought Fanine Witchley, we've already mentioned him. He was excellent. He was excellent. Donico O'Connor was raving about him Yeah, like, the game. They, they really yeah. rate him. And, like, it, it's interesting even that they're playing him at number six because even for the Irish 20s, he was an out-and-out -out lock. But, you know, he's got a bit of the Peter O'Mahony in him. You know, he's got a bit of the Munster dog. And it's probably been a while since we've since Munster have see, had a young forward, a homebred that's, yeah. you know, been like that so I I think they're in a good place but there's still so much more to come and you just hope that it doesn't get to the stage where it passes them by if you know what I mean because that Gloucester game and Exeter at home Exeter back in is going to be very very tricky Yeah from an attacking perspective you know they didn't get a bonus point at home to cast they didn't score a try away to cast they only scored 12 points you know against Ulster I think and then they only got two tries against Leinster from a mall one from an intercept so the attack really isn't clicking despite some great names, and I, I obviously take Keane's point. They haven't had their full-strength team out, but there's still some a lot of talent in that back line. Uh, there is, but like it all starts up front, really. You know, like you have to be able to get momentum in there. I go on and on about. They have this, a good pack. They have a great pack. They've, no, they have an excellent yeah. pack, but they didn't really like. They were. I think they found it hard to keep the ball for large for for long periods, and and half of it was actually like the game was so. I'm not sure that's the game to be judging their attack on because it was just so stop-start. There were so many big instances there of like you know silly foul play. I thought their lineup didn't function unbelievably well as well. You know what I mean? So they didn't get taught, like they didn't have a concerted period of like lots and lots of pressure. Um, I actually thought Leinster had more of those. Even in the mm. first half, they had more longer periods of pressure. Like Munster, I had them had probably, you know, the Keith Earls one probably stands out to me. I was surprised when he looked again. That he didn't throw that pass because he's actually a great passer. Have to go there to be yeah. very two minutes. Or um, yeah, but it's a long pass. I, I get why he didn't. Uh, because once he drifted back in as well, he made the pass longer. Um, but he is he's well well capable of throwing that one. I think if he gets that one away, they probably go in the corner or they stop just short. Like I, I thought that was possibly one thing maybe. But other than that, like I I still feel like they feel like once you get the platform. Um, I I, I still think Joey Carberry's taking the ball in too much. Um, I think he needs to stay in his feet a bit more because he's going to be. Once you do that, it's one out. It's one one out plays, and you're probably taking two or three phases to get back in the game. Um, I think he needs to do that a bit more. I think he the longer you're on your feet at ten, the better, um, because I think you see more things. You know, you see things longer. You get more of a feel for the game about where people are positioning themselves at different times. Everyone gets their timing off you a bit better. And again, that combination with with, with Conor Murray is still. Still growing, you know that that's that's going to take a little bit. That was only there was their second time out together, first yeah, second, yeah, second time. time out yeah. together. So, um, it'll take a little bit of time. So, so sorry. In terms of their attack, I think the platform, the, like I, I think for them, the, when I've seen them go well going forward, it's when they've they've actually had a bit more interplay between mm. the pack, between the guys in the pack. They've because they've lots of good carriers. So once they do that, I think it'll all fall into place. I think Joey could carry the ball a little bit less. Um. And I feel like they have a few guys who could get involved a bit more. Like, I think whenever Keith Earls gets involved for them, I always think this about him. I think if he, as soon as he's involved in the game more for them, better things happen for them. You know, Simon Zebo was kind of that guy for them as well. He had lots of involvement. He could beat a guy. He could pass. Earls, he can do all that stuff. He just needs, I, I'd love to see him involved more. 
Um, because he, he's so dangerous, he, you know. Did, he he kind of gets involved with Ireland a bit more. Do you think it's maybe is that is he inst- being instructed which whatever what he does actually, system? You really? don't think so? No, I don't think so. No, I I think. I, I, do you know what I think? The 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 ball goes through the hands a bit more with Johnny. He's quick. The, the yeah. distribution's better. Um, so maybe he gets a few more. I'm not sure he gets more touches for them. Uh, for 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 Ireland, it just seems closer. that he gets involved in in more work. I was just wondering, maybe is it like the the game plan, the attacking game plan that Munster in playing? It could be, could be that they're different. trying to just you know he's providing width more often, yeah. and and that's an important job. Like it's a really important job for a winger to be. You're not involved, but you're stretching things. So like if, if for example, you're always an out for for a cross with a kick, which means that if well if the fullback isn't in position or the winger hasn't dropped, if the ringers no, nearly every team plays a winger high now. But if the fullback is in position, the cross fielder's on. Um, if he is in position, is there a chip on? You know, you know, you're pulling player. You are doing a job out there when you're when you're not on the ball. That's important too. But I, I just I always feel with him that like he's just so dangerous that he should be getting he should be getting involved a bit more. I always thought, felt myself kind of similar as well. I always felt when I was playing better, I was involved everywhere. Mm. Um, so I just want to see. I'd love to see him a bit more involved. I think he's a kind of key part for them. I think Chris, I think Farrell is a key part yeah. for them because they didn't they don't really have anyone who can. Pass, but also if you if you if you sit off him, he's going to get a serious gain line because that gives you that's another place it takes it relieves pressure from your pack when you have that as well. Yeah. Do you, that, know that that was, you don't always have to have make that was, It was very obvious in in Ulster. There was a couple of times where they got the ball. If you just put it through the hands, it's a, it's a score in the corner. Where mm. it's just that kind of skills under pressure, like you say, you look up, make the pass, <coughs> rather than putting your head down. You know, having the ability yeah. to do both. And I think that's sort of where they're lacking at the moment. And that's that was their Achilles heel in both semi-finals last year as well. The skills under pressure. It's still, I think, got a little bit of work to go until they're going to be challenging the best teams. And we've discussed mm. Joey Carby a lot so far this season and at the halfway point of the season. Is he still the clear number two ahead of Ross Byrne or? Is that is that tighter now after the last uh, couple of weeks? Comes with, I think it's the it's the it's the positional thing, isn't it? Yeah, isn't it uh, yeah. That's I, why he is. I think he is. I think I think actually, if you're talking about the, the festive games, I thought um, I thought Jack Carty up against Ross Byrne oh, was, was, was like yeah. he was really good, and we've actually spoken a lot about him on the show this yeah. season. And but up against Ross Byrne, you know, another okay, Jack Carty isn't in the Irish frame, but I just thought it was an interesting matchup that maybe people haven't given him his fair yeah. credit because. He he's got kicking really well this year as well, he, and he's yeah. he, he's like that mm. kick. The try he scored against Leinster was sensational. But I do sorry go back to your original question. I do think um, Joey Carberry is the number two. I think Joe Schmidt again put so much stock in the time that he's invested in him. You know he he's gone to Munster like the IRF you wanted him to. You know so I think he will be the the clear number two, and particularly because I still think he's going to get better because he's going to be the starting ten. Ross yeah. Byrne isn't going to be That's the starting ten unless yeah. Johnny Sexton gets injured. So I, I think it's still too early to judge Joey Carby because he's going into a very different culture. He's been asked to do very different kind of things that he's been asked to do in Leinster. But I Has think he, is he asked to be do different things? Well, I think he's got more license to play when he's in Leinster. I think Munster. Munster supporters are used to having an out half who's going to play the corners a bit more. I think that's yeah. been a little bit different. He hasn't quite gotten that yet. Actually, although he played a lovely couple of kicks in Tom Park, but I think Munster fans are still adjusting to seeing someone who has the ability to take the ball to the line as a ten and go past him with electric speed. You know, so I think it's all still still betting in. But I think I think it will come good. I think the the, the bench thing for Arnold is the, the why he is the 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 clear. Number two is because he can play fullback as well. Simple as, it's that simple. Like Joe loves very like people who can play a few positions. It gives you great like it, it gives you great adaptability if things are going wrong or lots lots of people get get injured. So that's the that's the differentiator for him. That's why he'll be there. He will be there. Yeah. Trust me, he'll be there for that. But I think if you were going out now tens, 
I, I think you might say Rosberg. I think you might say Jack Hardy had him at yeah, the moment. Well, as, when, you might do when, that. When Jack Hardy was mentioned, like he, he was so good in that game and he's had a really understated season yeah. because I guess we do naturally focus on some of the other big names mm-hmm. who've been capped for Ireland already. But Connacht as a whole, I was going to come on to them, might as well do it now. Like they're having a really good season, but they could have even be doing better. There's a couple of really close games. The Leinster won, the Glasgow won in the opening day. Mm. Two big scalps that just passed them by, but they have another opportunity against Munster this weekend to put their foot forward again and overtake Munster in that conference, which would be huge. Like they really are going really well. Yeah, yeah that 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 game against Leinster was probably the Pro 14 game of the season. It was an absolute. <laughs> it was terrible up until the point. Like, but like, like it was, were killing it them, was like. so exciting. Like it was just. Oh, the last. But, w- when they when I think it was Sean Cronin was it scored the the first of the three tries in yeah. the last ten minutes. Like I had my match report. I was going to say, you were You were done. So you I were had my home. match report written, and I was like, "Oh no!" You, you had hail on a taxi already. Yeah, yeah. But it was really interesting because myself and Donico Callum were doing that game for air, and um, we both said before kickoff um, that we thought the bench might be the difference. But I thought it would be tight at that stage. I thought it might be. It was obviously obviously at that stage mm. we were coming on saying, oh, "That's too far to go," but. The, the bench was unbelievable. Yeah, they yeah. just ran and it seemed like they because their line speed was really good at the start of the game. They, 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 and they just they couldn't, ran, they they ran just couldn't keep going. They yeah. ran out of legs, I thought. But um, but it was so good that they bounced back because, yeah. like, it, it's it could easily have scared them. You know, like not yeah. that I'm not saying it was a given, but like a lot of teams who were meant if they were mentally weak, mm. could have that just could have ruined their season because it's been so long since they'd won in Dublin as well. But like the game against Ulster was ugly, but it just showed. And Andy Friend actually made the point after the Leinster game that they've shown the season that they have the ability to win both ways. Whereas, you know, down through the years, like, okay, Connacht, wet and windy, that they'll beat you. But they have the backs. And again, like I thought Tom Farrell was brilliant again in, um, yeah, he was very good, in the yeah. RDS. And him and Bundy, you know, solid partnership. You mentioned Jack Bundy was outstanding. Like, he's, a, he's a great rugby player. He just, him, yeah. he he just sets a tone. Did you, and actually, I really enjoyed... Um, the, against Ulster when they kicked the ball out at the end and Bundy was not happy when his own man kicked the ball out at the end because he wanted to play to try and push on and get, get the ball. Bu- yeah. yeah, so like, you know, he's a real driver. I don't think he's going to be involved this weekend because of his minutes and whatnot. But um, yeah, Connacht are going really well. I think I think we mentioned it before in here. I think the trip to South Africa was huge for them because it allowed Andy Friend to, you know, get to know the squad a bit more, bit of chill out time. And they got two, two was it two wins they got over there? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think they're in a very good place. I just a great time for Andy Friend. He went for a Christmas day swim in Salt Hill. Oh, that's, yeah. yeah. He's just really <laughs> yeah. It's Every all, time I see the guy, he's... that kind of stuff though as well. Yeah, but he? I know like Pat Lamford as well. Yeah. yeah. But like, is in, I think it's an important part there. Like, because like rugby is, I, I think it's becoming more established down there. You know, they're talking, they're obviously doing the, the, the refurb job on the on the sports ground, like probably you know, fairly well, like long overdue. Um, uh, and there, you know, so there's a bit, a bit of stuff coming together. So like you need to be, you need to get buy-in locally. And I think that's still a thing down there. Like I think in the West of Ireland, it's still big Gaelic football and hurling, fo- you know, territory there in Galway, obviously with, with the stuff of late with the, the bit of success lately. So you're kind of, you're always battling a little bit of that and they're more established. So you need to have someone who's actually in the community who is making an effort who is you know getting the squad you know nice and tight together because you're the, the one the one thing i always think down there is you have an advantage because you probably won't have as many people involved in the irish team people can say i'm right or wrong on that one it's just i, I think that is just a fact right so that's a key part for you it's a key differentiator you more have training team, time with the more lads. training time with the lads like you the year kind of won the pro 12 they yeah. were only missing was it like there, one or two players there's or? a lot of similarities being like extra if you look at what extra yeah, do yeah. you know they don't have a lot of the English players, but it's exciting times with the new stadium. That's yeah. going to really help, I think, attract players. And you see the type of rugby they're playing. They play a great brand. They really like, they do. They really do they play really a great do, brand yeah. of rugby. And I think, like you think as well, they lost a few guys before kickoff. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. 
Like Kieran Marmion wasn't playing that match in the RDS either. Um, look, I think that t- to be honest, I think that one was just they ran out of steam. They were brilliant for for seventy minutes, and you, you just there was a difference in the bench. And I think if they're missing a few guys for injury, they don't have the same ballast coming off the bench. And Leinster really do have that. Like that's one thing you can say about them. I, I, sorry, I just want to say uh, to to touch on the Leinster Munster thing. It was the first time I saw a Leinster bench that I was like, I think the Munster bench is better. Did you think that? Do you think I, I? I was. It was weird. It was very weird. Even though it didn't really have much of an impact in the game, I just thought it would say, "Oh, it's interesting." It's the first time I saw. Like Munster actually. Sorry, the point I was trying to make is that Munster actually, like when they have the well, Leinster deck, had a very young bench. Really, but it was the, probably the first time I was watching the game that, like, at the end, everyone playing was younger than I was. Benty was the only guy who well, was kind like, of, not yeah, everyone. Yeah. <laughs> I was no, but sorry. To the point was, um, I, it was interesting. The first time I saw it, and I was like, "Oh, that's the first time I've seen Leinster where they're actually." I don't think they're going to finish the game yeah. stronger. But, but they like, but they did rest a few of the lads. Oh, no, they did. So they, did. they absolutely so, like, did. They, they, no, they, they yeah. 100% did. But it was just, I thought that was an interesting point. But they, to come to Connacht again, in a really good place, I think that guy looks like he's, I like his interviews. He There's no no bullshit with him. Like he kind of is fairly straight. Even the stuff from in there, they were talking about selecting the two sevens on the flank. He was like, yeah, well, we're going to try and slow down the ball. <laughs> I was yeah. like... He didn't try. There was no kind of. Didn't try to spin it. No, he just was. I, I like every interview he's done, and I suppose I'm comparing him maybe to Kieran Keane, yeah. which probably might be mightn't be fair. Uh, but I just like him. He doesn't give too much away. He doesn't. Get, looks like a guy who doesn't get too excited. I was watching him up in the stands. He looks like he's analysing the game all the time. Mm. Do you know when you see some people who are like really excited in there and you're kind of saying, are they actually really analysing the game at that point? Steve Diamonds just, of the world. Uh, yeah, this kind of, <laughs> you know, so he looks like a good he looks like a good piece of business for them. The players really like him as well. Do they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's like great. From what I hear, they really like him. And mm. Justin, if you thought retired players didn't care about the results anymore, the great video <laughs> of you <laughs> celebrating that final yeah. try with aplomb and gusto and passion. Yeah. You're giving like a Tiger Woods at yeah, 18th fist bit bump. A, bit of a fist bump, all right. Yeah, no, it was great, yeah. Well, it's probably still a bit of Adam. Come on! Well, like the thing is, it's like people <laughs> like, are funny. They're like expecting you were like, well, you know, you have to be balanced. And I was like, yeah, I, I honestly always try and be balanced. But like, they're obviously going to give me like if I'm in, if I'm doing it with Tommy with or sorry with uh, if I'm doing TV with someone else and Leinster are playing and I'm the Leinster view, I suppose the they're obviously going to ask me more of the Leinster questions, and I'm obviously going to try and be balanced. But that's difficult at times. When I'm <laughs> when I'm watching the game, I still play for ten years for Leinster. So I never you, play for anyone so like, else. So are you always like that? Like during matches, like you're watching I and go working at just absolutely mental. When you're working, you have to. I don't like going to the games uh, because I, I I would be <sighs> no I'm I'm one of those people like oh, really? I, I'm not like Andy Friend. <laughs> I am I'd be freaking. I'm like Michael Check at home. Seriously, <laughs> the things I I'd say. Thought, I wouldn't have thought it. Yeah, no, I, I freak out. Swearing. At the games, yeah. Oh, like, Cut, like, blue really, language. Really, really harsh. Like really harsh. Oh, really? Like and, what oh, kind of stuff? Double checking his. Mike is turned uh, off. Though, of no, I, oh, I, this is a scandal waiting to happen. Asked, <laughs> no, seriously, the guys like he, he, the um, Chris Blake, the, the kind of producer of the, sh- of the show in, in air is like, oh, you're con- this is way better than the commentary. Like this is so like this is, um, and I was like, Chris, okay. it's none of it is about, like broadcastable. None of it is broadcastable. I'm Pre the watershed anyway. Like, you'd have to be like, saying, edgy late night rugby talk show oh, where you like, Luke unplugged. I, I swear to God, Will, I would be saying like terrible things like really bad about my friends who were playing God. but I was kind of a bit like that with with my uh, I probably and it was probably a big fall to my you say that for Danny Cipriani and uh, well no there's no <laughs> like look I just don't like him as a player I just think you know and I, I think the stuff off the field I'm not getting that shot, but I think the stuff off the field but I look I, I, I suppose it was probably a big fall to my when I was playing I was really harsh on myself really too, probably to a fault yeah and I never I, I, I can actually knock at your confidence when you're looking at yourself like always really harshly um, so now you take it out. I came off, the amount of games I play, I came off 
uh, and I was playing, geez, I played crap there. I played terrible. And I actually looked back and was like, actually, you're pretty good. You made, a, you know, made, made one or two mistakes, but that's. It was. It's interesting. Like I was so, and then I see, and then I talked to other people after the game, and I was like, geez, he was, he was terrible. And I was like, he was like, yeah, it was pretty solid. You know, <laughs> I, was, I, I know there was so there's two two different ways. People look at themselves different ways, isn't it? I suppose, but. Uh, it's an interesting one, isn't it? So I, I, yeah, again, not broadcastable when I'm, I, when I'm obviously commentating, I'm fighting the urge to okay. be really harsh. Well, you can tell me a few of them off air. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm just intrigued to see how harsh these There's things are. There's a few are. F- choice four-letter words, oh, like, God. genuinely running through it. Oh, yeah, Lord. yeah, yeah. Uh, so, can you just looking ahead to this weekend, the last of the interprovincial over Christmas, I guess, if someone would call it that. Leinster at home to Ulster, Connick at home to Munster. What way are you, lo- what way are you looking at these? Yeah, I, I, I'm guessing just from even looking at the teams we've the teams we've seen over the last weeks, there's probably going to be a lot of changes. Mm. I think we're probably going to see like Johnny Sexton sitting it out and stuff. And because of what's coming the following week, so like it, it's hard to know until we see the starting teams. I think Munster are going to find it tough going to Connacht because again, like Luke said, they don't have enough frontline internationals that they need to worry about the IRFU's management program. Their own issue is managing them for whatever they want to do for the Challenge Cup, but we've seen that they're not really putting all their eggs in the Challenge Cup basket. It's more the Pro 14. So even though they'll be missing Bundy, I still think... You know, Saturday night in Galway, just after Christmas, I think that's going to be a really tough one for just Munster. Just see Daly and Farrell at, at 12. Yeah, that could be, yeah, yeah. He's a really good player. Yeah, he's two ex two yeah. Extensor boys, yeah. Um, Big guys as well, like, they're, they're difficult to play. Yeah, Tom, and Tom Daly's a really good player, you know. Excellent rugby Like, player, just yeah, yeah. crucified by injuries. Like, I don't think I don't think you, the people, a casual rugby fan, really knows how, how good he is. Like, he's a really, really good player. So, he has a, ch- a really good chance to kind of resurrect his career now in Galway. It, probably the exact same manner that Tom Probably should have done it earlier, to be honest. I know he had a few injuries in that. But he's ah, he really was out for twelve months with yeah. a knee injury. So uh, ah, but he's been around for he's been in the setup for about four years. Well, like before the injury, probably wouldn't. Well, like have where gone. is he? The yeah. injury was only about twelve months ago, so he wouldn't have had that much time to go down. Well, about three years. I I, I always felt like he was too good to be sitting yeah. in the academy playing A games. You know, he's still what twenty three, twenty four. Exactly, still so young yeah, enough. No, to he, look, he's time to. Like, to I, I'm, I'm not sure we're talking about resurrecting yet. I just think it's it, he, he needs to go and he needs to be playing rugby somewhere. Well, he, um, even to put himself in the shop window if he's not going to get a contract exactly. back in Leinster. He's know. a really I'm good player. Not, I seriously. suspect that these loan deals will become more and more yeah. frequent just because they, they, they make be. more sense than players be, up in six permanently. If yeah. you're going to say I'll go away for a season, like and just and like you know, play your trade. So many players look at Nagel. Look at, I was just going to say Nagel. Yeah, he's a great. Yeah, bit, yeah. Like, he's a guy who, like, uh, for whatever reason, didn't fit the eye. Uh, with must be with Lancaster or Leo or something because he was really highly touted. Much now he took a year out, which doesn't always help. Mm. But you can tell he's a he's a good didn't guy. He go to, like Oxford or Cambridge. Yeah. Cambridge, yeah. Cambridge. Played, played in the vers- varsity game. Yeah. Didn't like he's, he's a, a seriously smart, smart guy. Yeah, smart yeah. that'd be a serious undertaking. Now. He's so, playing rugby. Well, like the thing is, he can always like he has that. You have a you know a master from Cambridge. The people you meet in that course, he'll do. He's going to go on to great yeah. things. But look, I think that's a good bit of business. I think it looks like the. I, I what I'm liking is that people are actually moving between because they're, and they're not just sitting, on you know just just riding the pine somewhere yeah. or not even you know playing a games. That's like, a games are useful for people who are in academies for once you're beyond academy, you need to be playing frontline somewhere. Um, so it's a good thing. So I I I, I like to see that, and um, I think he he, he hopefully will have a big impact up in, in Ulster. You know. And just to finish up, what are your thoughts on the games this weekend? Um, I'd say this similar enough to Keane in the in the 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 Leinster Ulster one. I'm not sure what team will be playing, although a few people will need games. Um, so it'll be interesting to see who. Like I mean, Port. You'd probably think Port will probably start. Um, you think I'd say they might pick Cronin to start. Um, 
because they, you know, they're going to want guys to have a little bit. Like it's, you don't want to go into these ones yeah. too cold either. And there's only so much managing injuries you can do. If you haven't had the rugby, you, you know, you need to be playing the guys. If he was rested last week, you'd think he'd yeah. be in this week. Um, and you'd see James Ryan this week. So like they'll have a strong, they, like they'll have a fairly strong unit there. I think it'll be interesting to see who they put in the back row. Um, you know, because a few guys, you know, I presume Levy will be in. Uh, you think I think Jack Owen will probably get another go. Um, could see Doris or Deegan again. Maybe. Well, Deegan could be, yeah. Like Deegan was very good after you talked about the he bench. He was excellent, yeah. In, in Connacht, he was brilliant. very good. Yeah, he was brilliant very when he came good. on, yeah. And he's actually, uh, he actually has been playing a little bit better than Caelan Doris, who I think looks like, he looks a little young at the moment. Yeah. Like he's, he got stripped a few I times agree, early yeah. in the game. And he's, that's a real thing for a young player. Like it's, because when you're younger, you're just running through everyone. Well, you're just running through like everyone. And, and no one's focusing, like yeah, yeah. no one's really focusing on their defence. And like the second man isn't isn't always like targeting your elbow. Or, like he doesn't get that min- into that minutiae. <laughs> but he got you could see he got stripped a few times at the start he, of the he, game. He, and saying that's a that's a young player. Saying he'll learn it. He's going to be a great player. He, but he got Max stripped, he got stripped by Jack Harty in that kind of game, and you can see it. He's he's still kind of playing the game as if he's playing at under twenties, where he's dominating lads. But no doubt he'll get there. But I agree. I think Deegan Deegan's been playing better. I yeah, think. even yeah. though Darius kind of started the season ahead of him, he must have yeah. been just flying in. Pre-season, but I he think looks like a better shape, uh, Doris. He looks yeah, like yeah. a heavier set yeah, for an yeah. eight. Uh, whereas Deegan <coughs> looks like a real mm. rangy kind of doesn't have, doesn't not as heavy kind of a, of a fella. Yeah. But it's it there, there's no way. Just as an aside, there's no way those three lads can can end up staying at Leinster because they're just too. One of them has to learn at six. Yeah, well, Doris could be the one to do that. Another yeah. loan deal, perhaps. And just to finish up on Ulster, one win, one loss over the Christmas period. They are in a great position in the Champions Cup as well, so yeah. they probably have they might have one eye on that game this weekend when they select for the Leinster match. Yeah, I'd say so. They had a, they had a good win against um, against Munster. I thought they were disappointing when they went to Connacht. It just wasn't a good game to watch. But I think again, Luke talking about the Munster game meaning more to Munster than Leinster. I think the Connacht game meant more to to Ulster having thrown away the game against Leinster. But yeah, like we we've been trying to figure out where Ulster have been all season almost, but. Um, Dan McFarland's done a brilliant job. I think um, Marty Moore has shown signs now that he's coming back to the player he was. I think Jordy Murphy is now starting to play really well. Kutsia has just been outstanding. Yeah. Um, and he just goes to show what they've been missing since he's been out. So I think the, the edge to Ulster's pack is starting to come back now. And that's been the one thing that they've been lacking over the last couple of years. So, um, yeah, I, 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 sorry, I t- still think Leinster will, will win. but um, Will they miss Spate? I think so. I think he's been decent for them, yeah, hasn't he's he? Been de- and yeah. he's been, talking to a couple of lads up in Belfast, he's been very good with the younger players, with the yeah. likes of Michael Lowry, Jacob Stockdale, you know, because that's... He fit in well. The lads, yeah. he was very yeah, well liked. Very all, you, know, you can tell a little bit by Instagram and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. They were all saying, like, he'll be missed, you know. Um, Craig Gilroy back at all, is he? He's, he's touch and go, I think. Um, he's yeah. one we haven't seen in a while. He, he would certainly help fill the void, because I don't think Spade... Set, set the world alight by any means but sometimes when you get those foreign guys like Leinster have been so good at it, they just get the young guys you know yeah, into yeah. into good positions but um, yeah Ulster in a good place I think Dan McFarland's doing a really good job and they're probably further ahead than I thought they'd be being honest yeah. about it and that's hugely positive and Racing 92 coming in two weeks time which that'll be a little that'll yeah. be a thing <laughs> test like, that'll be a little yeah. test they're playing great aren't they yeah um, yeah look it's um That'll be a tricky one for them, you know, because they've like a few. They're, they're, they look really, really polished at the moment, don't they? I know it's hard to tell, and, and you're not watching top fourteen all the time. But yeah, they. I mean, Leinster only just pipped them last year. I mean, their defense is really when their defense is on, they're really difficult to beat, you know. And they have, I think, I think the guys who, who they brought in have really added. Like Zebo looks like he's really added. He's taken to life well over there. His French speaker that always helps. But Finn Russell looks like he's really settled in well, and he's a really good rugby player. Mm. Um, so um, they look like they're in a good place. Um. 
So, yeah, look, interesting to see that one. I'm, I'm interested to see how, how they perform with that one because I think that is a big test of them. And I think I'd really, really like to see them go well against them. I'd love to see them have a good win up in Ravenhill. Um, I think a few of the guys are playing well. I think Rory Best looks like he's playing brilliantly. Um, you know, I know, like, what I've been really impressed with the handling. His handling's been unbelievable. Mm. I thought that for... For the tries yeah. against Munster, they were brilliant. Yeah. Like Out he had two back. in a row, two. Well, yeah. But there was like boom, really quick. Yeah. He didn't even go. Like he stayed fairly square when he was given the passes, which is really hard. That's the, like if you can stay upfield, it means the 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 guy. If you're if you're passing behind the forward, he's still the option. Do you know when you see some forwards and they're not confident, they could completely turn their back and they, to pass it to their ten. Which it, sometimes it, you just need to get it there. Hmm. But if you can do the other bit. And he looks like he looks. I was thinking, geez, he looks great. Yeah. Because like, when he's doing that, I'm thinking like I'm not expecting him to be a bulldozing runner. Mm. Um, but he needs to contribute an attack. For me, if I'm picking him, he has to do that. And I thought he was great. So it was good to see that. Good guy, Rory. Like it just, I just feel like I've been picking on him for ages. Um, you gave him loads of compliments there. I'm sure, I'm sure he'll uh, no, forgive you. Good. No, I don't care. I'm sure he doesn't listen, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> but uh, no, no, it's good to see him playing well. It's good to see Ulster playing well. We need Ulster to be strong and playing well. We need every province to kind of contribute. And they've come from a really low place with lots of difficulties. Um, and it looks like they've steadied the ship, which is important. They need to steady the ship. I think next year will be more a year where they can really really go for like you know a I think it's well, going to be all, all the problems is something to pray for which is great yeah. well they do like look they, look, they could be a dark horse you just don't know with these things I think it's going to be beyond them this year I think next year they need to add a few they need you know a few little astute signings here and there um, and I think they could be there do you know what I mean I think that the depth I think is, yeah. is going to be an issue for them if they want to really compete but I think it looks like there's a few young guys developing up there so they're in a good place actually I, I agree with Keane they're ahead of where I thought to be and all four provinces are and it goes back to the very first question you asked us about being excited mm. about the year ahead and yeah. that all feeds into it and you brought us full circle with that great uh, little contribution at the end well Keane. done yeah, that that's note, why we have you on so often <laughs> a big 2019 <laughs> for Irish rugby and a big 2019 for the left wing has gotten off to a bang Luke Keane thanks so much thanks Luke. cheers lads that's all we have time for in the left wing this week. Thank you so much for listening. We will be back next week with another podcast. And in the meantime, you could subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, or listen on independent.ie. So until next week, thank you for listening and goodbye.